All right, Lightning, since uh, you refuse to start the show this time, I'm going to take over. And this is episode 235 where, uh, well, we uh, talk about uh, composites. Uh, I think we are also going to do the five-star hotline, uh, a number of uh, emails from our listeners, and uh, some other stuff. I may have done a thing. That's disgusting. Not what, what? disgusting lightning. Say, get your mind out of the gutter so mine can float by. It's not a boat race, you know. What? What are you? Fourteen <laughs> again? I uh, I did a thing. I am. I might not be truckless anymore. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll hit on those uh, burning topics here. Well, hopefully, like the road trip episode from. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, you invested all seventy hours into that episode. <laughs> hey, it was like you're coming along with me for a ride. Yeah. Well, they went and they got the smells and the. Uh, I don't think they got the smells. You got the smells. I got this. Oh my God! You guys have no idea what happened during oh, the last episode great. recording session. Well, was, listen, when you're on the road whoa. and you're loose and you just do, you don't have to hold it in because you're not with your wife and your family and like other humans and you're in a self-contained container of luxury. You just let loose. You just, you just don't. The flapper valve is open, and you just yeah. go to town. You know, the wastegate was just yeah, yeah. Ooh, I was overboosting, and I was just venting to the atmosphere. And you know what? Uh, those leather seats may not smell new anymore. I told Gonerman when uh, his wife uh, met him at the end uh, with his kids and everything to you know to we're, drive we're, home. We're, we're talking about Holman's Route 66 trip. Right, if you right. didn't hear the last episode, yeah, go, go back and do it. it. Yeah. Anyway, I told him, I go, you know that we're gonna have to try really hard not to fart now, right? And he's like, Yep. <laughs> Took me a few days. Of adjustment, but I think I'm back there, mm. except for the overlap in the studio. So, you, for that. so you did. You're able to close the wastegate. Yep. Yep. Shut I'm back, back to normal. Back I got gotcha. you. Which right. isn't great for you, but back to normal. Okay. So before we get further in this episode, uh, you went on a road trip, and I think we're going to hear that in the next episode, right? Your trip out to Texas. That's a strange tease, but yes. Uh, right. This last week, I went to Arlington, strange Texas. Tease opening up at uh, at the, at the Palomino. House. Oh, really? Oh, the Palomino. The Palomino. Okay. Yes. I was thinking maybe the uh, the Wiltern. Oh, oh, real? That's yeah. a big venue. Yeah, I like for, Wilton, yeah, uh, okay. for a small band like that. So, uh, yeah, I went out to uh, Summer Truck and Nationals, right. and it was a massive show, and it's hot uh, out there in Arlington, Texas, and it was a good time. I, I will share some audio that I captured out there. But we're going to get to that in the next episode. Right here, we're talking about Nissan. All right, so uh, if you are in the market for a half-ton or half-ton-plus truck, you can choose the Nissan Titan or Nissan Titan XT with the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Or if you're looking for a mid-sized truck, check out the hot-selling Nissan Frontier, which uh, I'll take mine in Pro 4X, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're getting it in the Sandstorm color? Uh, no, thanks. I uh, I think I'm partial to uh, either that Cardinal Red or I think it's the Boulder Gray Metallic. No, I, I, I'm sticking with Sandstorm, and I'm glad that you're going with the red. But uh... So I haven't seen Sandstorm a whole lot on the road, but I've seen a ton of Frontiers lately, and that's probably because they have the best-in-class standard horsepower, 310 horsepower from the 3.8-liter V6, and it's backed by Nissan's Jetco 9-speed automatic transmission. And, hey, that little truck tows up to 6,720 pounds. That's, what? Uh, that's no slouch. Build and price the Nissan of your dreams at NissanUSA.com or just waltz into your local Nissan dealer. All right, so if I go to bankspower.com and I've got a Jeep or Ram uh, EcoDiesel. Yes. And I want there to be uh, a tuner that won't mess with my vehicle other than make it better. Okay, then you'd be looking at the Derringer inline tuner, which would add 59 horsepower and 72 pound-feet of torque. Now, does that come with safeguards so I don't blow up my engine? You mean like active safety, which protects itself and your truck? Uh, is it uh, 50 state legal? It is 50 state emissions compliant. Does it have multiple levels of power delivery so I can uh, <laughs> choose my uh, own adventure? Yes. Uh, yeah. Six levels that you can change on the fly while you drive. All right. What if I don't even own a Jeep uh, or Ram EcoDiesel? I own something else. How do I get all that awesomeness and more 
for the vehicle I own, and how do I find out if you have my application? You go to bankspower.com, you type in your year, make, and model, and it'll pop right up. That sounded gross. <laughs> All right. I'm glad Mr. Banks is not listening to our uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right, Lightning. So uh, you have decided that it is uh, uh, Wednesday midday mm-hmm. and you are going to quit everything and just head to the desert because you need a break. That's a great day. And you're going to, no, you're actually leaving forever. You're never coming back. Oh, you're just, no, really? You're, 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 you're dumping your family, your work. You're never coming back, but you need to know where to go. All right, so I, wow, sounds sounds sad, actually. I've left my family and my and my job. Right. You're just fed up with life, and you're like, I need to go east. And then you just drive east until the sun sets, and then you're like, I need to camp. And you're like, I don't know if this is on private property. And then you're like, I don't have cell service here anymore, and I, I don't know where I am. And then you're like... But this would have been better if I used the uh, the the code truck show when I uh, signed up for my subscription. What do I do? So you're talking about Onyx Maps, which I downloaded right before I left while I still had some cell signal. Oh, beautiful! Mm-hmm. That's what I did because I didn't want to get shot by some guy who owns a ranch that I happen to be camping out on. Did you uh, know that you could look at the terrain in 3D? Uh, no, that's pretty cool, though. Uh, and, of course, customize it with markups, with waypoints and photos. You can uh, get that public and private land info. Thousands of off-road trails and featured trails that you can even search via uh, what you're driving. So side-by-side, 4x4, ATV, uh, dirt bikes, snowmobile, and even overlanding. And then, of course, you can save your maps for offline use when you don't have a cell signal. You can track, save, and share trips all on the same app, available from the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. For all the details and data, go to onyxmaps.com. I'm going to hit the start button. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show. The Truck Show, the Truck Show, whoa, whoa. It's the Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Remember when you used to yell at me for doing that? Now you do it every show. Oh, yeah. No, I think I did the last couple shows. Like the last 12. It's kind of uh, it's I blurry. Know. I gotta, I gotta get, I'm addicted to it. So, yeah. So, I, I, uh, we talked about it at the beginning story. of the show. I did a thing. Yeah. So, here's what happened is that uh, I pulled the trigger finally on it. Well, I ordered a TRX back in just a couple of days before my birthday last December, and it took all this time to get made. And last I heard, it was on a, a Jackson Ellis from Ellis uh, Dodge Ram Jeep Chrysler and every other <laughs> brand that they have for a mail. He called me a couple of weeks ago and he goes, it's, it's on a train. It's been built and it's on a train some, somewhere outside of like Kansas or something. I don't know why Kansas, but it's coming westward. When it gets here, I'll let you know. We got to go down to Moreno Valley, which is 70 miles away, and we may have to pick it up and bring it to the dealership. It's got to be a couple more weeks, blah, blah, blah. Well, then like three days later, he goes, hey, we got it. <laughs> I was like, what? He goes, I showed up. So uh, you and I, uh, well, why don't I just play this audio? Oh, there's audio? Lightning and Holman on the 210 freeway in Holman's TRX. Oh, I'm so excited for you because you get to finally drive a TRX that isn't mine. I've never driven this one. That's what I'm saying. You're finally going to get to drive one. All right, so we're headed where? Uh, We're going to go see our good friend Jackson Ellis over at uh, Glendale Chrysler Ram Dodge Jeep, everything else that they sell there. And uh, actually, Lightning's getting his truck. Who cares? 
Uh, we've been trying to get Jackson on to give you guys some car buying tips and truck buying tips for uh, how to navigate the current situation for buying a new vehicle or used one. So we figured, you know what, since uh, Lightning's about to give him a whole heap of money, we should make him our uh, captive audience and uh, lock his door with us inside his office for about uh, half an hour and make him tell us all of the uh, secrets of car shopping from a dealership perspective uh, before Lightning hands over the, the briefcase. Ooh, the timing is perfect. So I'm going to learn all the ins and outs before I write the check. Oh, yeah. Darn, didn't think about that. Maybe you should pay him <laughs> first, and then we'll get all the things. That way you can see whether or not he screwed you. You guys don't understand this, but Holman really does wish the worst upon me. And uh, for, for comedy sake. Well, for, for comedic sake. For, no, yes, for, for comedic, comedic sake. Yes. I, I, you, you, you know, he hooked we, me up with some discount. Just, but you, you people have to understand. Listen, you guys have been listening to us for four years. You know how lightning is. That's all I need to say. How dare you? I, Why would you say that out loud? All right. Perfect example. So last night, I sent Lightning a picture of mag wheels for the 29 Vans edition of the uh, SE Big Ripper. I'm like, I really love the old, you know, Skyway style nylon wheels. I'd love to have that look. That's the only thing that bike is missing for me is it needs to have it. I found somebody who makes them in, in billet. And I'm like, yes, I need these. So I send Lightning a pic. And I go, must have via text. And what is, Lightning, what did you write back? I wrote back, I ain't buying those for you. I already got you the bike. And I wrote back, I wasn't asking you to buy them for me, you jackass. I was asking you if you thought they were cool. And I do think they're cool. <sighs> I didn't know that you were in, weren't insinuating, hey, wink, wink, this would be nice for a birthday present. You know what? So would a jacuzzi in my backyard and a remodel. But I, I mean, <laughs> seriously. I, well, I, I like the wheels and you should buy them. I'm not going to now. <laughs> just to spite me. He does, uh, yeah, just to spite me. All right, headed to Glendale. Well, that's, uh, that was our trip there. And uh, you can imagine uh, it took us about 18 hours in traffic, and that was just a snippet of what the entire conversation was the whole time. <laughs> so uh, how, how, I have to ask you, you you've had it for, uh, for a couple weeks now. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, wait, don't, don't skip into it. Okay. I was genuinely nervous, and I, I but I... Genuinely was nervous. If you guys, all you have to do is, is go to Ram's website and you know how much the damn thing costs. And it ain't cheap. And I was like, this is the most expensive thing I've ever purchased next to my own home. Right. So I want to say this up front. I'm very, very grateful for the hookup that you gave me and Jackson bestowed upon me through his uh, Ellis family dealerships. Super stoked. Very grateful, but I did did I didn't make me any less nervous. And uh, hey, it's a big purchase, but uh, you're yeah. a big baller, and yeah. you uh, yeah, it was I a per- birthday late birthday uh, present to yourself. It was, and uh, we all deserve a little bit of that. You know, I, I have friends that buy themselves Porsches and stuff like that, mm-hmm. brand new Porsches. Yep, Jerry from Camberg. Uh, and, yeah, uh, uh, Jerry, we see you. Yeah, we see you. <laughs> we, I, that that is that was it. That's a pricey vehicle, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah. And it, yes, I have a Mercedes, but it was a whopping twenty one thousand dollars. So let's be honest. I mean, and it's old. It, it's old. Yeah, it's a freaking two thousand seven. It looks baller. Well, it did look baller. It, <laughs> I mean, it still looks clean, but it's dated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it ain't, it ain't no GTRS3 or whatever the hell that Porsche is. Okay, this is not about Jerry and his new Porsche. This I'm is just about saying, you and your new truck. I'm just saying. So, like, some guys do okay. Porsches. I right. did a truck. Okay, got it. Done. Here well, we go. No, Let's, hold on. Hold what, on. What? I want to know, like, what what was it like after you signed the paper and you drove home? And like, the first, your first time. Well, why driving? don't we play that? Why don't we play this? And then I'll tell well, you. Well, what are you, what is that? This is you and I talking to No, we're Jackson not doing that in now. His office. No, no, that comes later. I want to know about your experience. 
You haven't told me one thing about the truck since you got it. So I... And by the way, yours does have a reclining seat. Mine doesn't. So that was a 22 change. Yeah, I'm stoked on that. The uh, the Uconnect is also different. A little the, bit, yeah. The, yeah, the Uconnect the, the, has the, a different UI. in the background and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Update. It's everything I expected it to be, meaning... Um, Were oh, you oh, easy oh, oh, on it? Please oh, tell me you weren't doing wide open throttle. Oh, hell home. no. Hopefully you're driving no. like 55. No, 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 no. Hell no. I'm serious. Like, I don't think Baby I went over. Break it in. I don't think I went over like 74. I don't think I cro- I don't think I broke 2200 RPM. I was really surprised by how cushy it is and how it kind of wallowed. Maybe that's the wrong that's term. That's the wrong word. All right. All right. Just for people listening, Lightning isn't used to an off road truck or off road suspension. So it, it, keep that in mind when he's describing. I it. am oh, so I am used to sports cars that when you when you turn sharp left or right, it's on rails. It doesn't lean. There's no body roll. That's just what I'm used to. I've driven Mini Coopers with yeah, but you uh, drive sus- trucks at work all the time. But and they don't they don't do this. They don't lean when you turn. Well, They're because fairly, they don't have 12 inches of suspension travel, they have six. They so. don't. They don't. Now, granted, I now, have did you been, put in sport mode to feel the difference? Not yet. I didn't. I did. I left it in auto. I left it because you and I drove to the dealership in in your yeah. long term loaner TRX. But the twenty two has a suspension update, uh, so it's the val- it, it controls a little bit different. I just left it in auto for now. I, since I, we recorded this podcast, I'm sure I have gone through the owner's manual and the UConnect and all that stuff and set it up. Uh, the only thing I've done so far is I downloaded the app, the UConnect app, and I you know did some basics, but I haven't I haven't really tailored the system to me yet but about the driving experience i didn't get on the i didn't get on the throttle hard yet at the point of recording this show i've only put on 110 miles get some driving to do that's like uh three quarters to take a gas i know and by (laughs) by the way that that 110 miles i've already gone through a quarter tank why is that amazing that's 400 miles range yeah I mean, it's, it's just, fine. It's just fine. Yeah. Uh, I will say that it was exactly no matter what I did. And again, I wasn't getting on the throttle hard, but it was at 12 miles per gallon and it didn't go you'll, up and it didn't go down. 10 in the city, maybe a little less. If you don't have any highway, you'll get 14 and a half, maybe 15 on the highway and you'll see 11 and 12 all day long in mixed driving. Uh, the supercharger, the note is 16,000 miles is, on mine. So I have a pretty good idea. Of it. Yeah. The, 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 the supercharger wine is intoxicating. That's true. You don't hear a lot of it with the windows up. Uh, you do. You, it's clear as day when you hear the, when, when the windows are down. The exhaust note on uh, cold start is amazing. There's a crazy, just like yours. There's a a, a, a squeak that's not really a it's squeak. It's not a squeak. I know. It's the exhaust going through one of the ports the on catal- the bottom no, of the truck. The catalyst. The catalyst, and it sounds like a squeak. But then, as soon as the engine warms up, it goes right away. So that's kind of weird. Um, so I had the, that looked at on my TRX, mm-hmm. and they came back with the TSB. And it said that the reason you hear that is because the skid plates and stuff and how high the uh, engine is in the truck versus like the Hellcat cars, it's basically echoing off of the metal skid plate in the ground. And it's just the exhaust gas is going through the catalyst. So, and, and and anyone that listens to it will think it's a pulley, a squeaky belt, or, or something. Squeaky, yeah, exactly. But, but they it, they all do it. I've heard a bunch of them, and they all sound the it's, same. So. It's 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 fine. Whatever. Um, the interior was the 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 seats were more. I feel like they're more comfortable than yours. No, they're the same. The same? Yep. Okay. Mine just has a lot of miles in it. Um, and I didn't have a chance to really dial in the audio system yet. I, I, it's still fairly new. Well, you're changing all that anyway. Uh, no, I'm not. You stealth boxes and stuff? Uh, I'm not going to change the speakers. I'm only going to disable the factory sub and then put in either a JL Stealth or maybe an MTI box. I don't know yet. Uh, I'm waiting for Bryant at JL to get back with me. He hasn't yet. 
So we'll see what happens there. It's got a great bass, but it doesn't hit hard. You don't really feel it like I, I'm used to. So I think, uh, but as far as mids and highs, it, I think those are all factory fine. CarPlay has worked seamless. I did not do, out of fear, I did not do the wireless CarPlay yet. I didn't yeah, activate I'm it. Not, I'm not a big fan of wireless so, CarPlay So it, anyway. it asks you right up front, do you want to do wired or wireless yeah. CarPlay? And I said, Meh, no yeah. on the wireless because I've had such a bad experience with the wife's BMW. Yeah. And it's just getting super confused. So it just, I went with the wired for now. Uh, it seems pretty straightforward. I don't, I don't see, I don't detect any differences between mine and yours. I was really kind of happy with the steering response. I thought it would be... Uh, a little more sloppy than it is, and it's very no, responsive. And very you can tight. change it. You can change the steering effort as well. I haven't done yeah. it yet, so I'm, I'm still going to press that. that TRX button on the side, and it'll enter all, that screen on the on the uh, on the dash, and then you can play with what settings you like for you. Uh, yeah, I, I did toggle through them while I was sitting in the parking mm-hmm. lot, uh, but I haven't haven't driven with those yet. So it's still 110 miles on it, so it's 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 about as fresh okay, as you're going to get. Okay, so the biggest question: How long until you ruin it? You're talking about the engine or the the exterior? Well, you're going to put a uh, supercharger on it, void the warranty by opening up the ECU, put a cold air intake on it, put 20s or 22s on it with uh, 37s or 38s, level it (laughs) out, change your, hack up your uh, stereo system. Mm. Uh, What other things have we talked about? Oh, and uh, replacing the factory links with shiny ones. So some of it I'm doing, but some of it I'm not. <laughs> Ooh, so I can't wait to see what you've decided to and what, what you what, restrain yourself with. Well, what? so listen, we'll start with the Farkle bits that I know you think are funny, that are unnecessary. I know, whatever. I, listen, it's your choice. Do whatever you want. I, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not making the payment. I, I think, Be happy. I think when I do something stupid, it, it hurts you. Right? No, it doesn't hurt me. I just I just shake my head because I'm like so unnecessary. Well, it, it a lot of things are unnecessary. Well, There's yeah, a but, lot of stuff on your but the things your that Jeep ruin that your necessary. Uh, the, but the things that ruin your ninety five thousand dollar vehicle's warranty. So I have a long history of owning used vehicles. Right? right. The only I've only owned one new truck, one brand new truck that I bought off the lot back in two thousand three. It's never been a big deal to modify the snot out of a truck, right? It's just like, who cares? You're, you're, you need a service, you pay for the service. This is the way it is. So now I've got a warranty, and um, I will not be ruining, I won't all be I'm rewriting saying, the ECM. All I'm saying I'm is not gonna do, I keep really, the warranty. I know. And if I do the Whipple, then that will void a lot of warranty. And and I don't need it yet. I mean, I haven't even done launch mode yet as of this oh, recording. So good. I am I'm aware of that. So I've got to experience that. I, do I want more power? Is it just? I we'll we'll see. But what I am planning on doing. All right, listen, everybody. I we want suggestions on what Lightning should do to his new TRX Truck Show Podcast at Gmail dot com. Truck Show Podcast at Gmail dot com. Lightning bought this truck. I want it all. I want whatever the smart mods are and how you think he should ruin it immediately with whatever crazy <laughs> mod. Just tell us what you think because I, I want to I mean, see who's going to write us the best email. Here, here's, so here's what I'm planning on doing. Or five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. So here's what I really am planning. I, I know that you don't like this mod, but there's a few companies, and I'm probably going to reach out to Ryan at Kibi Tech because I'd like to get the rear links from him. I don't. Who said I didn't like and those I, mods? No, 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 no. Wait. I'd like to also do the upper control arms. I like the way they work. I don't know. I'm gonna. We should have maybe Ryan on the show to talk why. Other than aesthetics, are they beneficial? I don't know. I don't like the rake on the truck. It sits about an inch and a half, two inches lower in the front. Because it's a pickup truck that's eight thousand pounds of towing. I get it. I like it level. It's actually eighty seven hundred, eighty eight hundred. I like it level. Like all my trucks level. And you realize when you level it, you're going to lose travel, right? I do. Okay. I do. I do. It's a trade off. It's pretty balanced right now. It, it is pretty good. It's pretty balanced, and I really want it level. 
So that is one thing I will probably do. I'm looking at a tonneau cover. Are you going to rip whatever. all the shocks off and put kings on? No, hell no. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. No, I'm, I've really, I really respect what Bill Stein has done with this truck, and I'm not going to do any of that stuff. So I, I, I'm probably going to ditch the Goodyears in favor of Which Toyos. Which is fine. There's a lot of better tires out there. Okay. And I'm having a- But good, make sure they're speed rated. Because those, the nice thing about those Goodyears is they're speed rated to 118, which is what your uh, limiter is. Right. And not a lot of off-road tires are. So I if will you explore check. the envelope. Make I sure have done up. a lot of Toyo MTs, which I love, 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 Great love, tire. love. I don't know what they're rated to offhand without looking. Um, I don't know. So I'm, I'm looking at maybe the AT3s. I don't know. I'm gonna, I, I need to do some more exploration there, some research. I'm not doing bumpers. I don't like any of the aftermarket bumpers. I, I'm pretty happy with those. So is it safe to say all that- All skid plating is all going to stock. I, I would like to do some lights, but I'm not going to do lights that are above the truck or in your face. If I do anything, it'll be maybe like the Oracle light that sits in front of the grill, but doesn't block much of the, uh, you want as much air coming in the, uh, into the radiators you can get, intercooler, et cetera. So um, I would like a simple light bar or set of lights somewhere that are not obstructing airflow. So I've got to do some research there. I've seen some guys do some Baja designs behind the grill. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's an Oracle, like a, I want to call it like a, maybe a 12-inch light bar at the top of the bumper. Uh, well, the first mod that is being done as we record this is Expel. So I'm doing a full Expel wrap on all of the surfaces that will get I hit might, by rocks. Uh, I might need that soon. You might need that soon. Uh, I, might, I might need that. I really am excited about that because I got to tell you that, you know, for I've owned I'm a lot of cars. I'm interested to see what your experience is with it and how it comes out. Well, I'm going to, um, I'm shooting the whole thing. So I'm shooting time lapse of the install yep. and interviews with Brian, the owner at SoCal Tint. They are a, a premier Expel dealer. And from what I understand, they're one of the top dogs. All right. Well, well, I'm interested to see how yours turns out because I may need that for what I'm thinking about doing so. Should we talk about it or no? Well, I haven't decided yet. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's any more. Oh, I'm doing a uh, Borla uh, exhaust. I'm going to do the attack. Are you tinting the windows as uh, well? Oh, thank you. Yes. I am doing, I believe it's called the XR tint. And here, and I didn't even remember that uh, back from our conversation with Chris from Expel, yeah. he's like, hey, we do tint. But the hot ticket with their tint is that you don't have to go dark. You can go. You can go lighter on the tint, but it keeps yeah. out the sun, the UV. Yep, yeah, it keeps for, out the UV, me, which turns arms. into heat. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, well, kill, dude, kill I, I lock, you know, look at my left ear. Yeah. You ever see a picture of my left ear? Yep, I you see know, your left ear all the time. Yeah, well, it's like a quarter of it's gone, and yep. that's skin cancer. So, it's really important. He, I, I think he's gonna do the inside of the windshield, which I was hmm. like, you, you want to do what? And he goes, no, we're doing the inside of the windshield. We're gonna do the windows. So yeah, tint, expel, and uh, ceramic coating. Um, for uh, just paint protection. Awesome. All right. Well, we will see uh, how this thing evolves. I think it's uh, welcome back to actually owning a truck again and having your name on a uh, registration. I won't say title because I'm sure that you share that with the you, bank. Can I? Can I take? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, no question about that. Yeah, I didn't know that the paint had that much like gold dust in it. Yeah. I, I mean, I had it's not. It's a lot of gold flake. It's very it's pretty. Lot, in the it's sun. very, very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pumped about that. And uh, I mean, I'm all, I, I, I haven't seen the truck yet with the Expel, but I do expect that gold flake to still shine through, according to Chris and, Listen, and Brian and I, the guys. I, so. I'm, I'm actually, out of all the things you talked about, I'm most excited about 
the Expel and paint protection because of how I use my vehicles. So, well, I, I want to be able to go with you out to golf. So I want to be able to go out in the desert and do what I want to do and not be panicked that you know I'm going to have to repaint this sucker. So, fingers crossed. We'll see how it goes. So we check in with. Uh, Next stop on the tour, I think, is Jackson up at uh, Ellis. Yeah, so we sat down with Jackson, who's the uh, GM up there. His family owns the stores, and uh, I believe he manages uh, uh, them with his brother. And uh, it's just a rad family store, not corporate-owned. They've been there f- since the 60s. Well, I think he explains that here. All right, well, then uh, let's uh, let's hear what he has to say. Let her rip. We're in Jackson Ellis's office at Ellis Chrysler Jeep. Dodge, Ram, I mean, and probably some more here. I see, is that a Alfa Romeo logo? We do Alfa Romeo, Fiat, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, and Ram, and we're here in Glendale, California. And what's the story behind the, the family operation? My dad started the business in, late, in the late 60s. Uh, it's been a family-run dealership ever since. My two brothers and I run um, both dealerships, and we've served the Glendale community for over 50-some years now. Now, uh, Jackson's been my go-to uh, Jeep and Ram guy for a long time, so I send everybody here when they want one of those products. And uh, I'm I'm second-guessing whether or not I should have sent you here. Because <laughs> I'm going to burn the relationship? Is that uh, what you're you, saying? You might. I just know what a pain in the ass you could be sometimes, and I don't want to have the phone call on the way home from Jackson debriefing me. I feel like, why am I here? Did I just, I feel like you wanted to do a podcast interview and somehow you convinced me to drop you off in Glendale so your wife wouldn't have to take you, do a podcast interview, then I'm going to leave and on my way home, Jackson's going to call me and tell me what a pain in the ass you are. I don't think so. Because for me, it's if if I'm a pain in the ass to Jackson, then maybe I don't get good service. And I'm buying an expensive truck. I need good service. So I'm going to kiss his ass as if he's my customer. Do you want to tell them about the the problem you already started within the first five minutes of arriving? Uh, The fact that I want to register the vehicle in a city uh, (laughs) that is different than from where I live? That one? I'm just saying that, you know, I know you. That's all. So, Jackson, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. So uh, thank you for your time. I'm going to leave now. Leave you guys alone. I don't think so. Not yet. We've got to do an interview first. All right. So we've been wanting to have you on for a while. And uh, really... We all know how crazy buying a new vehicle is right now. And so we thought, well, we, we know a guy who is in the dealership business. Maybe talk us through what it's like from the dealership's perspective, and then what should people be thinking about when they're buying a new truck? Uh, as far as buying a new vehicle right now, the best advice I could give is do your research early. Place an order, because right now inventories are pretty low. Inventory selection isn't as great sometimes it depends on just the supply and what dealers have for inventory but uh ordering vehicles in advance one it'll get you the car you want with the exact options you want you're not either overpaying for something for equipment you don't need or you're not settling for something where your car doesn't have it ordering it is the best way and it ends up being the most cost effective way in the long run you know i think there's a lot of dealers who are uh, I, at least pre-pandemic and pre-supply chain issues were an MSRP dealer. But because so many vehicles left the lot and supply is just trickling in, that's not necessarily the case anymore. So there's dealers who have to charge above MSRP. Not, and I'm not talking about the greedy ones who are doing like $50,000 over. There are uh, 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 too many greedy ones. There are a lot of greedy ones. Uh, Ellis is not a greedy one great to work with, but if somebody buys a vehicle and orders it through you, they can be expected to be paying around that MSRP? Yeah, MSRP or on certain cars. I mean, we're still we're still cutting deals. Um, obviously, if there's a vehicle in stock that's a hard-to-get vehicle or something we just can't replace, 
sometimes those would be the vehicles that you'd find in dealers inventories that have some type of market adjustment on them if we do have a market adjustment on a vehicle we tend to stay on the very low side and it just it's it depends on the month it depends on the vehicle and just where we're at volume wise and supply wise with inventory but if you're ordering a car that's the best way because we can still cut you a deal on a car that we order they are building sold orders um, as quickly as they can they do get priority stock allocations are very low right now so that's why the mix isn't as great uh, so as it used to be. In the in the past, you would maybe on a Sunday decide, I'm going to go buy a car after church or something, right? You Not go, anymore. You go look to your local dealer, and there might be 150 cars on the lot, and you would choose from a, a variety of different models. Today, that mix might be 20, 30, or 40, or something like that on the lot. And maybe the you know, manufacturer only built a batch of certain trims or certain colors. So that's why ordering is, is the best way to go, even though it takes more time, but you get exactly what you want. And to Jackson's point, you don't have to settle. And I think that's now, the hard thing. What about though, Jackson, there are manufacturers that don't, you can't order some of the import brands, right? It is what it is, right? You, you want blue, there's blue, and those are the options. Yeah, well, as far as Stellantis goes, they've been pretty good so far about, I mean, every order that we put in that has a customer names on it, they are building them. And one of the things that they're doing is they're prioritizing those orders. So vehicles that have higher contented equipment, a lot of chips, those are the ones that are getting built from a customer order standpoint. The stock vehicles that we would get in a normal allocation, they may not have a lot of content because all of those resources are going toward the sold orders. So sometimes we might just have to settle for what they have available at the time, and that's what we end up getting on the lot, you know, several months later. Gotcha. How do you feel about the dealerships right now that are charging this market adjustment where they're getting $50,000 over on or some? Or 50% of the retail of the vehicle. I mean, there's, you know, we've seen TRXs at 150000 Raptors, 125, 130, Hummers, 199, um, you know, all sorts of weird. Rivians were, well, were way over. On the secondary market, I think people were at 150 or something like that. So how does it make you feel as a dealer? But the, the, you get painted with the same brush, though. You know what right. I mean? Like, oh, the dealers, it's another, it's a stealership, which I can't stand reading on the groups. You right. know, it's just like. It's it's a difficult one. And I, you know, the dealers that are very aggressive on their markups, um, you know, they got to do what they got to do. And ultimately, the customers will respond and dictate whether or not that's something that's going to work for them or not. Um, yeah, I guess if you're willing to pay the price, then, that, you know, good for them for doing that. I always felt, me personally, just as a automotive enthusiast and, and buying, you know, new vehicles on a fairly regular basis. My, my wife likes to lease and things like that. But it's one of those deals where I always felt like if you're going to have that type of relationship with a customer up front and charge that much, they probably aren't going to come to you for service or they probably aren't going to trust you going forward. Maybe they bought the car because they had it in, you know, they had it in stock. So you decided to, to grab it. But to me, it's like the bad way to start a long-term relationship, you know? And that's me personally as, as a customer. Like if I, you know, I won't buy and pay that kind of overage. I'd rather not have the vehicle. Right. Yeah. It's going on a date and she chooses the most expensive thing on the menu and then you get nothing when you get home. But is she hot? I mean, does it matter at that point? It might to some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and that's why I suggest ordering it, because if you order a vehicle, you're not going to pay a markup. I mean, if you're a repeat customer, there's, you know, there's a lot of history with the customer. Every situation is unique, and we, we certainly want to retain all of our customers for as long as we can. I personally, I'm not a big fan of markups, um, but I know they're out there. I know they exist. And the customers kind of dictate what the market's going to be on a car. You know, I don't think dealers would be asking 50 grand over sticker. 
unless there was someone out there that was buying them, which, you know, uh, it, it's hard to say one way or another whether or not that that's the right way or not, just because, it, it, you know, if customers don't buy it, then, then it goes down, they right. go, they it goes away. Down, so. Yeah. So, so typically in the past, we would see the summer sales event or something like that where you'd have incentives and there might be, you know, $5,000 on the hood of a car or 0% financing or some of those. It seems like most of that has gone away because there, there's so many people wanting to buy cars and there's not a lot of supply now that interest rates are starting to creep up and the economy is is you know uh inflation's kind of taking over have you seen any changes in, in buying habits and you know when do you think that any of those types of incentives will come back certain cars right now do have incentives on them i mean the the factory still does want to sell cars dealers don't want to have aged inventory so if there are dealers out there that have vehicles on the lot that are here longer, sometimes the factory will come up with certain incentives and they offer 0% on certain cars. Like we have the Wagoneer right now that has 0% for uh, at least five years on some of the trims, which things like that, that makes a big difference, especially as interest rates go up just with the price point of that car. That's, that's a huge savings right there. What are some of the dealership terms that people, if maybe you haven't bought a car in 10 years and you're, you're looking online and then you see things like, MSRP, invoice, holdback, things like that. What do those numbers mean and, and what do buyers need to know in the grand scheme of you know, walking to a dealership? I, I also want to find out there's that deal where you see it advertised in the, your local paper and there are some local papers, papers still out there. It's one car at that later, price, right? The loss later. Yeah, so a car like that, you know, it's typically one vehicle, one trim that's at a low price point. Sometimes they have just a huge incentive stack on them and it may not be like that on the higher trim levels but every now and then those come across and i mean those are great deals and if you can find one like that i take advantage of it because on certain cars it makes a lot of sense as far as msrp goes that's uh, the manufacturer suggested retail price um, that's the retail price of the vehicle invoices uh, a dealer's cost on the vehicle and then hold back is just some it's cost associated it goes toward marketing and flooring uh, credits things like that it's like a credit that you have to work with as a dealer per vehicle for marketing initiatives and to be able to market the manufacturer has given the dealership yeah the manufacturer has basically given the dealership an allowance of a certain amount of money that they can play with per vehicle to help bring people cost. in yeah. okay got it so you can work with that you could cut into it if you had to it certainly in the past is something that has been worked can, into can, before can i clarify that uh i can you can i'm not asking for it i'm just but saying someone I can, could. you can yes, okay yeah you're welcome but there's friends and family programs where you can get it for a little bit under invoice. There's employee programs where there's a higher incentive under invoice, but you need control numbers and things like that from the factory. Uh, but the invoice is the cost of the vehicle. That's how the banks, you know, determine the wholesale value on the cars. That's basically what we can go off in terms of offering a wholesale deal on a car. Okay. So can you explain real quick, um, because of those numbers, MSRP, invoice, things like that, uh, leasing? and basically the your residual at the end of the lease and how that works because of most vehicles you come in and you lease it 
they've already figured out for the price or the cost of that period of time that you've essentially leased the vehicle, what the value is gonna be at the end. And sometimes the market dictates in the middle of that, it's higher or lower. Sometimes you can trade in a leased vehicle earlier and not have to do a prepayment penalty. Sometimes you trade in earlier because you want a new car and that just gets rolled into your next one because there is a early penalty for getting out of the lease. Leasing versus buying is a whole other topic, but I think it's important for people to understand. Well, I was trying to consider it here in, in my very situation. and. Sometimes there, it's more release. You like to modify too much. That's it's a problem. Yeah, so I, I probably won't here, but that is an equation that you need to do. Uh, if you plan on turning your car over, your truck over every two years, it doesn't make sense. You'll lose your ass. So you lease, right? And you basically are just renting the vehicle, essentially, right? That's exactly right. The uh, right now the leasing. It's kind of different just because of the times we're in right now. I think banks are having a hard time predicting what values are going to be down the road. There's not a lot of incentivized lease programs on a majority of the cars right now like there used to be. We used to lease 60% of our vehicles that we'd sell each month. Wow. Now it's probably 30% if but that. But you're close to Hollywood. Like people drive. There's a, yeah, yeah, you're, you're a different animal over here. Right. It's definitely a different um, – I think more people in our area are inclined to lease. But right now with – you know, rates were so low too for a while that I think that enticed a lot of people to, to purchase it. But with a lease, everybody has different reasons for either financing or leasing. And like you said, it's kind of a topic for a different conversation. But for the people that do lease, it's a preset residual amount that, you know, if you're doing a three-year lease, the bank determines a value three years out and you're leasing the car based on a percentage of that value. Nice thing about the lease is, you know, taxes applied per month as opposed to paying all the tax up front when you're financing the car. So there, there's a variety of different benefits, pros and cons to each, I suppose. Yeah, I, I would, I'd say it's like, I'll use my situation. I like to do a lot of modifications. I keep my vehicles for 10 years. Buying makes a lot of sense. My wife, who likes to have a new car every few years and she makes enough money and uh, you know the way she uses her cars, she likes to lease. And so, you know, in the case of businesses, you can, you know, write off leases and things like that. I guess you could write off purchases as well, but um, there's just, it just depends what you want to do. But for most of the people listening to the show, uh, you probably don't want a lease because I know all of you are tinkerers. <laughs> yeah. And there's mileage restraints, you know, you're, you're kind of capped on mileage. You have to buy miles in advance or there's a penalty if you go over your miles. There's higher insurance premiums when it comes with leasing as far as coverages go. Yeah, the bank owns the car essentially. So if you do like to modify your car, unless you have plans to try and flip it and play the game where you're in the positive equity and, and time it just <laughs> yeah. right, you know, it's not ideal. And if interest rates are low, it's worth considering doing the financing if you're gonna modify the car. Now, now what happens if somebody comes in with a lease return and say, hey, I wanna either drop off this car or buy a new one, and it is modified. The wheels and tires are different, and it's got a big giant light bar on it, and it has a, um, I don't know. What would you do that's really cheesy? A leveling kit, <laughs> an exhaust system. How do you treat that as a dealer when that comes in? I mean, honestly, we're just, we're kind of a middleman. Right. Um, it's essentially, it's the bank's car. They send a representative out. We just, we're hosting the vehicle yeah. here, but we, we don't have a, a say or any input as far as, you know, how they treat that. So that's type basically of car. the bank's representative comes out and decides, wow, you made this vehicle more valuable because Kelly Blue Book says oversized tires are more money or 
it's not the stock vehicle, so the value's down, and then that's when they send you that check, right. like six months later, right. in the mail, and they go, okay, we finally settled out, and you're going, wait, I already paid for my lease every month, why do I owe $10,000? Because you yeah. wrapped it, and it's <laughs> ugly. <laughs> From a dealer standpoint, my advice would be just, the bank expects to get it back in the condition they yeah. sold it in, so, you know, as far as modifications go, I don't know that there's a, a clear-cut answer as to who's gonna do what, because it, it could vary. Got it. Negotiating points for someone walking in and wanting to buy a truck on the lot right now. I mean, what, you know, like we, we, we've talked about, like when you get pulled over by a cop, what do you say to the cop to make him not give you a ticket, that type of thing? Are there negotiating points that the average person could use when walking in? A briefcase in, or? full of money, I think. Show well, I, I, I know. I mean, there are people that well, just don't know. By the way, I noticed know. you didn't bring in a briefcase. Briefcase of money. money. No, I did bring a checkbook. It's Okay. Is it good? Is it, is it good money? Will it bounce? I, no, I, it won't I bounce. say that, but just, okay, sure, yeah, will it bounce? <laughs> as far as I know, it will not bounce. No, I don't think I'd spend, uh, waste anyone's time. Hmm. You don't think so? Anyway, so somebody <laughs> walks in on your lot, and uh, they, they see, oh, let's say they see this uh, beautiful black TRX here, uh-huh. and they uh, say. They want to make sure that they buy it before I do. Yes. 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 What are the no, negotiations? would never do that because he's not a he's not one of those dealers. But let's just say this was not a sold order; it was a stock order, and it was sitting beautiful with a bow in the in the showroom. And Joe Blow comes in off the street with his wife, says, "Honey, that's my new truck." Like I guess you know we've would all you seen. Let him answer? Okay, go ahead. I mean, a lot of people right now they're coming in either knowing exactly what they want or they found the car on the website because inventories are so low right now. I mean, if someone sees the car that they want, it, it's pretty straightforward and. For everybody negotiates differently, and it's kind of hard to paint it with one. My, my one, grandfather one was notorious for going into a car dealership, and right before he signed the paperwork, he would say, does it have floor mats? And they would say, well, well no, Mr. Sainamon, it doesn't. And he would say, all right, well, I'm out of here. No, I'll come back, come back, right? And then he would be like right about to sign and go, full tank of gas, right? I mean, this is like back in the 60s and 70s, and uh, my family would always tell me like he was the, like the hardest negotiator, and he would just walk in and cash ready to go and oh I guess you don't want all these green Benjamins here I'm gonna walk out so I think dealers saw him coming went oh no not again (laughs) but I feel like Jackson that in this time we're in right now the consumer has less negotiating power than ever before sometimes it just comes down to a supply and demand issue and right now with inventories the way that they are things are definitely a lot different right now than they were a couple years ago but there's a variety of factors that can determine, you know, the outcome of a deal, and every situation is always going to be unique. Fruit uh, basket. I heard fruit basket. Fruit basket. Yes. Yeah. Always send the dealership. How many time. absolute a hole customers have you experienced that have just outside of this they're room? They're just right now. yeah, well, outside of this room. Just unreasonable. You, you get a mix of everything. <laughs> Diplomatic. You, you, you can get the nicest customers in the world. He runs a dealership. He said, yeah, that has to be the answer. No, it, I mean, it, it varies. We come across a variety of people. But I'm sure it's a, it's a greater number that you love, the, the customers that come in that buy from you repeatedly, I would assume. Well, yeah. I mean, we've been we, here for we, so long, too. We've been here for so long. We have, a, we have a huge repeat business business. And, you know, we try to make every deal that we can. And there's always going to be deals that we can't make for whatever reason. And... But we do strive to make everything that we can and offer good deals where everybody leaves happy. And we want customers coming back down the road. So we certainly keep that in mind as we're negotiating with them. But I think in this business, 
you need to be adaptable and because customers come in and they all have their different styles of negotiation and whatnot, you got to be able to adapt and cater to the customer for the, their, their unique need or want on the deal. And hopefully you guys can come to an agreement and we value all our customers, whether it's, you know, an intense negotiation or, <laughs> or an easy one. I mean, they're all, any business that we can get is valuable business and we want to see customers come back in service and parts and have a long-term relationship. So I, I would add to that, one of the things that makes, I think, Jackson unique is he actually engages people on the forums, on and Facebook. On, and, and on the stuff. trail. And on the trail. He actually is out there using these vehicles. Uh, he's a AV dealer. He, you know, in Southern California, he's sort of known as one of the go-to guys when it comes to the enthusiasts uh, picking up vehicles. And you'll see him answering questions online. You know, you'll come across him or even on Instagram or something like that. So I think that's really unique. And then you guys have a pretty robust uh, aftermarket department for service as well, where you guys can do all sorts of upgrades and things like that. To Let's talk about aftermarket for a second. Like, so if someone buys an aftermarket part through you, obviously you're going to warrant it. You've tested it, right? You feel pretty good about it, I would assume, <laughs> right? If it's something that you're yeah. selling in your parts department here. Well, I was just going to say, we, we're pretty selective in terms of what aftermarket companies we use because the Chrysler Jeep Ram warranty that comes with your vehicle, that's a warranty specific to that vehicle. And then in the aftermarket world, we, we try to go with companies that stand behind their products where the two aren't going to interfere with one another because ultimately the factory's only going to warranty their components and not somebody else's. But if we have an aftermarket company, uh, say AV, they, they've got a great warranty on all their products. They stand behind it. It's a quality product. Um, and we have their support, warranty support on their side. We try to find a nice balance between the two. Um, we don't just go with any aftermarket company because they're the che they have the most margin or the cheapest cost or anything like that. We want something that we're going to install in a car. No, we're not going to have either us or the customer will have a headache to deal with later because there's a lot of components out there that people throw on the cars and yeah, it's cost effective, but maybe not as high quality. What happens though when a, a customer buys a new truck from you and goes to their local four-wheel drive shop, lifts it, wheels, tires, maybe changes, ring and pinion, things like that. How does that affect how you warrant the vehicle? Do you have, do you talk us through that? Well, like I said, the factory's only going to warranty what the factory but, components cover. But is it a, is it a breakage meaning at a certain point when the the guy comes in and says I I broke the transmission, then you look and you found out he's got huge wheels and tires and he re-geared it, or is it case by case, or what's the, what's yeah, your standpoint? It's it's typically on a case by case because sometimes a car could have a warranty issue that has nothing to do with the aftermarket components that they sold. Um, other times, yeah, that there's probably a chance that aftermarket component interfered with their warranty problem that they're having right now. And the factory will, you know, if something's questionable, the factory will send reps out to verify it and so it's always on a case-by-case -case basis but if there's an aftermarket component that if, you know and sometimes it could be the workmanship of that third-party four-wheel drive shop or whoever installed it so yeah sometimes it's not the product at all i would say yeah. you know in the grand scheme of dealerships the stellantis brands especially ram and jeep because there's so many modifications going to their vehicles are generally more warranty aware or warranty friendly than a lot of other brands and I think you just have to, you know, make sure you take it to a dealer that understands all that so that they, you know, there are dealers out there that will 
blindly say, no, you're not covered because you have this other product on. And find a dealer that understands the interplay between the products, that goes out and uses the products, that sells the products, and, and give them your business because they're, they're going to be the ones that you have that long-term relationship with because they're not looking to not do warranty. They're looking to make sure that they take care of their customer, service their customer, but also don't run afoul of the manufacturers because they won't get reimbursed for the work done. So there's a balance there. Will you, um, will your service advisors here, will they advise a customer on, you should buy this, you, you're okay to buy this type of product or stay away from this because this will definitely violate your warranty? Um, I mean, that's what I would do. For example, if I, I drive away with a new truck, I'm gonna stop by your service department and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing a, a leveling kit. Do you have any, well, stay away from that, son, because that'll, that'll, you know, change yes, the- old timey well, man working back there. With yeah, <laughs> TRX, I wouldn't mess with the suspension. I, I understand that. <laughs> we but just had this conversation literally coming over. It's, there's a rake on it. It sits, there's a, there's a rake. It leans forward, you gotta put it it's up. It needs about a, two it, inches. Because it's up. a truck, yeah. and it's still designed to Not be a truck. Okay. Yeah, it needs to be level. Needs to be level. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that there's any one product that's going to just automatically void your warranty. But if if something's replaced on the truck, flashing your ECM would void your warranty. If you have an engine issue down the road and there was some type of tuner or flash or reprogramming of some sort, that that's going to cause a warranty issue most likely. Yeah, lighting. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> just that saying. one. I ain't touching with a ten foot pole. Mm -hmm. All right. So I guess the uh, the last question everybody has been dying to know. If you have an inside track. Oh, I thought he was gonna, you were gonna ask him if he was single. No. Oh, I know. Because the lady's out there. He's got a beautiful family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Happily no. married, three yeah. kids. Yeah. No. You've seen his life? He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a strapping young man. Listen, say. listen. Everybody wishes they could ask one question of every dealership. Jackson, I'm going to pose it to you. You're speaking for all dealerships. Uh, oh, 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 no. All dealerships. Yeah, yeah. It's only, what, 20,000 dealerships? Do you get the uh, undercoating or not? <laughs> Get the undercoating? The undercoating. Well, we can work something out. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to, uh, Lightning, I'll pay for your undercoating on your TRX if Jackson still offers it. I and I'll spray it on there myself. I think that is a thing of like old-timey car sales. <laughs> oh, right? there's not, no longer an undercoating? I don't believe so. Now it's bedliner. Oh, no, oh, no, we get bedline no, on the other side. How do you get nitrogen in your tires? Oh, oh that is. Yeah. Can you fill his up with nitrogen yeah. so he can get that extra 0.1 mile per gallon? We'll get that summer air or the winter <laughs> air. <laughs> summer air. <laughs> and I got the exhaust pipe fluid. Uh, they threw that in for me. Muffler bearing. Muffler bearings? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Blinker fluid? Uh-huh. Did you get the canuter valve? <laughs> Two of them. Uh, turbo, I got a spare. Oh, that's a TRX, so it has a turbo encabulator under the hood. I, I saw that video, and I want three of them. All right, well, it's time for you to do paperwork, and I don't care about your finances or what kind of illicit uh, gains that you've mm -hmm. brought into this facility. To I brought hookers and blow for I Jackson. Don't, don't need to know, so I'm going <laughs> to... Exit stage uh, left here. Uh, enjoy the purchase of your vehicle. I've bought a few of myself from Jackson. He's always taken very good care of me, and I highly recommend if you're in the market for one of these to uh, go over to Glendale because uh, it's a great dealership. It really is. So uh, and, good luck. And people can reach out to me directly anytime. If um, yeah, what's your uh, what's your email here or your what, my email is Jackson at GlendaleDCJ.com, and you have my cell phone number, so you feel free to send. Yeah. Now, do you have, that's the other thing. If, if, you, uh, if you are in the Southern California area or you're not and you're looking to have a good dealership experience and you want somebody who's going to take care of you, I've probably sent Jackson, I don't know, 15 or 20 cars in the last couple of years. Slide into my DMs at Sean P. Holman and I will get you hooked up with Jackson. More than happy to make that happen. Because you got kickbacks coming your way? I don't. I don't. I actually, are you paying him in cigars, Jackson, for referring <laughs> people? I probably should. Yeah. I no, probably should start doing that.
Listen, all, all I want is uh, for for people. Well, we shared some good bourbon. Over we the we years. have shared some good bourbon over the over the years. I, I, listen, all I want is for good people to have a good dealership experience, and if I can send some uh, some business Jackson's way, and uh, then you know when I buy a car, he remembers that. That's all. I mean, look, I'm on a lot of the groups, uh, spending a lot of time on the TRX groups on Facebook lately, and word will get out that a dealership is not charging egregious mm-hmm. uh, markups and all the guys will start flooding that dealership and I hope this is one of them. Like I said, we're, we're a family-owned dealership. I'm gonna, my brothers and I are going to be here for a long time. We appreciate the relationships that we get with our customers and if I can be involved in a deal and help out one way or another, I'm, I'm more than happy to. I like to be involved in a lot of the sales that we do here. So, you know, if there's anything I can do to help somebody and create that relationship, whether it's this state or another state, you know, we've, we've been starting to do a lot of deals nationwide now. Because word is getting out that they're great, uh, great sales experience here. So, all right. Uh, good luck with your truck. I'm out of here. See you I'm going to need it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jackson. Thank you. So, Holman, speaking of TRXs, I believe that Anderson Composites makes a carbon fiber hood for the TRX. Uh, hmm, interesting. I would be curious to see how the fit and finishes because, and how they do it because uh, on a lot of the vehicles, you never know. Like some of the hoods are really good and they look almost, you know, OE and some of them aren't so much. Well, I saw it at the Long Beach uh, Grand Prix and I thought it was stock from a distance and I walked up and I go, oh my, it was really nicely well done. Oh, and the, and the, the, the reason I found these guys, Anderson Composites, they did... Uh, our friend Matt D'Andrea's Mustang, like every piece of that damn Mustang, fenders, uh, uh, fenders, trunk, hood, so many bits and pieces. And all look good? Beautiful. All right, well, let's, beautiful. Uh, let's give them a call and find out how the magic is made. Hello. Hello, hello. Is this uh, Mr. Davis? Dave Davis, it's Lightning and Home with Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> We're doing outstanding. How you doing? Doing pretty good. We called to talk uh, composites, uh, carbon fiber specifically, if you have a moment. Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. Before we can talk to you, we've got a quick intro. It might be embarrassing, so we apologize in advance. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, and your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you want to come back. No, no lightning. Not, no, no, I'm not doing it. No, no, he's in the parts department. Simple right. as that. And he's got some great products we're going to talk about right now. Absolutely. Yes, I'm not doing my uh, the stale old joke about would the wife be happy. Don't uh, do I'll it. I'll stop there. All right. <laughs> Sorry, you don't know the uh, the story, but I'm not going to indulge you with it. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, uh, how long have you been with uh, Anderson? I am starting five years now. It goes fast. And what were you doing before working with carbon fiber uh, products? <laughs> I was at Edelbrock for 15 years. I worked in the advertising department. I did graphic design, some photography layout, helped out with uh, some industrial design, some ideation sketches for the supercharger program and valve covers, et cetera, et cetera. So I got to work with the engineering department, which was uh, – which was really great. So uh, two questions. Did you work sure. with our friend Matt Gamble over at, uh, who's now at Banks? Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Worked with Matt on a, a, a couple projects, at least two of them. Um, great guy, very talented, and uh, 
you know, he's uh, a good car guy. He's definitely a car guy, yes. Um, he is uh, in charge currently of the turnkey engine program at Banks and then another program that I can't talk about because it's super secret military. But uh, then Ooh. I'm also curious, <laughs> did you work on Holman's supercharger? He has a, yours is a 2020, correct? A JL with a 3.6? Yep. yep. And he's got uh, the Edelbrock supercharger. Did you have your pinky finger in that mix? Let me see now. That would be, which, that would have been, repeat that one. First year would have been 2018 of the new Wrangler with the uh, 3.6 V6. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did help out a little bit with that. I think the engineer may have been Chad Magana. If not, Matt was probably part of that as well. That was a pretty cool little project. I got to do a little a little facelifting and some, I guess you could say, some details of some pseudo-supercharger-style ribbing on the top. Yeah, it definitely has kind of a uh, an old-school uh, racer kind of vibe to it. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, that turned out pretty good. What's your backstory? How did you are? Did you have an engineering background or marketing? What? I actually started out at Cal State Long Beach right out of high school. Um, got into actually business, and then I found out about the industrial design program because I was really into uh, art and drawing and technical drawing. So I did some drafting classes, and then I went and talked to one of the supervisors there, and that you know, industrial design department, and they took me on board. And so I started to do some of that. And along the way, they were talking about the life cycles of products and product development. And the buzzwords of marketing came through quite often and how projects just die just due to cost and, you know, is it sellable, that kind of thing. So I ended up majoring in art and picked up a minor in business marketing. So towards the end of my time at Cal State Long Beach, you know, I was literally, you know, going to business classes and then, you know, advertising and consumer behavior and statistics and things like that. And then I would finish up the day by, you know, going up to the art department, doing carving something out of wood. So that led into uh, graphic design, which I got my foot into with automotive at Edelbrock after I guess it was about six years I went actually into um, of all things construction manufacturer they made uh, concrete and tile saws out in the South Bay well that's and not so automotive that's, at all that's not, not even close right 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 but it, it I learned a lot you know with with again I did some ideations for some industrial equipment you know knowing that the processes and techniques for sand casting, injection molding, things like that. So I was able to help out with their engineering department. And then, then I got over to Edelbrock and then, you know, obviously I was just, every day was a new day and it was all uh, classic muscle cars at that point. So I was, you know, got, got to meet a lot of great people. So, so you went from muscle cars at Edelbrock to muscle cars at Anderson. And so I don't really know a whole lot about Anderson. I was, you know, kind of doing some digging on the website, AndersonComposites.com, and there's not really, uh, there's an about us like every website has, but it didn't really say who the founder was. I would assume it's a guy named Anderson. I, I don't know. Um, but the the selection of carbon fiber hoods, vents, uh, uh, splitters, spoilers, like, I mean, yeah. on, all it, sorts of stuff. It's insane. It's gorgeous, too. They're, and they're Thank not, you. they're not, it's not just one or two. It's, 
like I thought you okay. So here's what uh, I, I've ran into Matt DeAndrea's car uh, down at the Long Beach Grand Prix. Matt is our friend from CarCast, hosts uh, CarCast with Adam Carolla, and Matt's been on the show a bunch of times. And I'm looking at the car, and I go, "Well, that's Matt's car. Oh my God, is it? That's carbon fiber, and that's carbon fiber, and that's carbon." And I thought, "You guys have swapped out every panel on the entire Mustang with carbon fiber, and it was gorgeous." So this is not like, you know, carbon fiber from China, right, or something from eBay or Amazon. It was, it was, it was stunning. So that prompted me to reach out to Matt and then to you because. I was just like, I need to learn more about this. And it, oh, and by the way, there was a TRX sitting right next to it with a hood out of carbon fiber. And I go, oh, okay, well, he's making truck parts. Go on the website, you make stuff for Raptors, et cetera. So tell us about Anderson. So the background of Anderson is actually stems from our parent company, which is Save on Carbon. They started 20 years ago. Now, that one I've heard before. That's like a big name in carbon fiber. Okay. Right. You're, you're thinking they got their their big kick came from uh, the movies, the Fast and Furious series. That all took off of the import scene. You may remember some of the tuner magazines back in the day from you know large uh, publications in, the, in our area, El Segundo and Oh, yeah. like Holman, Holman so, worked with all those guys. There was a lot of carbon uh, fiber going around those days. We're literally working there right this moment while we do this podcast. Yeah, we are at Motor Trend, which was formerly, there. You go yeah. right, exactly in, in the so, podcast studio. That's where Anderson basically came out of. About seven years ago, they decided to create its own brand and just basically focus on nothing but the domestic market. Smart. So yeah, it, it's been very very busy for us but who, we, who's who's anderson like where is was it a dude that broke <laughs> off i don't i don't understand it's it's a fictitious name boo i mean congratulations no that's even better <laughs> it's just it's your whole mindset of you know where where are you gonna get your parts at something you he know, sounds like just, a nice guy when i hear anderson i exactly. hear uh no, trustworthy yeah, right. I mean, and we honest. Get that, it's we like, get that quality we get that question often especially at shows and stuff or phone calls, and someone has a problem, they want to talk to Mr. Anderson. So, <laughs> Mr. Anderson? Yeah, it's Mr. Anderson, right. I so, heard anybody who has a last name of Anderson automatically gets 10% off. Is but that But I true? mean, when you think of the, <laughs> the best windows and doors in America, Anderson windows and doors, right? Exactly. Either that or you're thinking of the guy on TV on CNN, Anderson Cooper. So there's a lot of, you know. There's some built-in goodwill. Going around. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a catchy name. And it works for the domestic market for our Mustangs and our Camaros and Corvettes and Challengers and Chargers. So. Tell us how to tell the good carbon fiber products from the bad carbon fiber products because you can go to eBay, even Amazon these days. You can buy carbon fiber pieces for your truck. And I don't know that I could tell by looking at a picture or what makes Anderson better. Walk us through that. We start our tooling from an OE part. What basically we like to do is start out fresh, start with the, the most perfect panel that we can find, which is already a tough chore to do. And then we we make our own, basically make our own pattern. We call it a tool. And then we test fit on an actual vehicle that hasn't been in an accident. And then we go into production. And at that point, we try to make as many parts as we can from the tooling before the tooling starts to wear out. And then we repeat the process. But in between that time, we will go and purchase our own OE replacement parts. That way, we always have something on the shelf. 
So that if you ever have it. to go back to uh, make the tool again, you have that ability. Exactly. So instead of making something that's on the cheap that isn't quite right since day one, we try to get it right the first time. And you'd be surprised at first copy of something from a, a body in white or something that's been re- you know pre-production released from, say, Ford, GM. Not good. Not quite right. And what so, people don't realize is that even at the manufacturer, at the stamping, they have these massive dies that stamp out these body panels or molds if they're SMC or something like that. And as the tool wears out, the body dimensions on those vehicles will change. And as it's going through the factory, there are lasers that are measuring every car that's coming down the line to make sure that it's within spec. But that spec, going back to your, your point of finding a quality panel to do your mold off of, you want to make sure you have a panel that was somewhere in the middle of that uh, production run so that you got it while the, the, the die was good enough to hit the early stuff, but also good enough to fit the, the later stuff. And that's, that's hard to do. What do you see? I'm curious, Dave, um, the difference in a, in a hood, meaning can it be an eighth of an inch out of spec, a quarter of an inch out of spec? And is it width? Is it the way it's the height, the depth? Like where do we see the contortions in a like a Ford Raptor hood, or I'm looking at a a, a Colorado, a, a 2017 to 21 Colorado hood. The other thing you got to keep in mind too is the process. Carbon fiber or your fiberglass is going to be, you know, laid up by hand at some point. Unlike your stamped metal, stamped aluminum, or your injection molded uh, body part, which is very common now for newer cars like a Corvette, there's a difference between that and a resin-based type uh, part. So you're going to gain in corners. You're going to gain a little thickness in uh, smaller, tighter areas. Wherever there's a lot of detail of things that are usually injection molded becomes a difficult part to replicate in a fabric with a resin uh, composite. So part of that, too, is what we call, there's two processes that we also work with. This gets very, very detailed, very fast, and I'm still learning all the things that affect how parts and are made with composites. It's really interesting. So there's vacuum-infused or wet, which basically you're going to put down a gel coat, you're going to lay down the fabric, you're going to pull our proprietary mix of epoxy resin that has a UV inhibitor in it because, as we all know, no surface likes the sun. So and I was going to actually ask you about that because, uh, funny, now that you see carbon fiber making it on OE production cars that have warranties and things like that, if you correct. look on, like, you can get carbon fiber wheels on a Shelby now from Ford, and they have a clear coat for uh, you know with UV inhibitor in it because the UV will break down the carbon fiber. Of course, you don't want your structural wheel to have that problem and break. And if you look at a Ford GT, they don't have a clear coat with UV on it. And I would once asked a engineer and they said, well, we've done a life cycle analysis and the most of these cars are going to be in a, you know, uh, humidity temperature control garage out of the sun. And this limited amount of time that they'll spend in the sun, we don't see that being an issue in this car's lifetime. So, you know, obviously a flat surface like a hood that is always going to be directly pointed at the sun is really important to get a good UV inhibitor in there for uh, carbon fiber. Absolutely. You, you've got the right track of mind thinking there. What surfaces, oh, it's always the top side surfaces of any vehicle always get 
the most harsh treatment, whether it's the sun, rain, snow, stuff falling on it. So we also recommend people to cover it just like they would with a painted surface, whether it's a, a ceramic coating, a, a film, PPF. And the more you can do to protect that surface, the better. Another part of the process is, is also called pre-preg. Uh, pre-preg is pre-impregnated okay. uh, uh, resin in the carbon fiber fabric. That's called the dry. So that is an autoclaved type process, which basically means the carbon fiber fabric has less resin in it. So it's placed in a mold, and that mold is placed in what they call an autoclave, and then it's heated and pressurized. And that basically gives it its shape and its strength and durability. On the backside of that, like you would think of of metal when you're hammering on it, you're making it you're making it stronger, but at the same time, it's also becoming more brittle. So there's a trade-off. Your vacuum infused or fiberglass parts, you can repair them more easily than you could with a, a dry carbon fiber part because it's it's more brittle and there's less resin in it. Although but it is stronger. My understanding on the pre-preg stuff, it does have a really good surface finish and the um, consistency of the weave because it goes in an autoclave under pressure, I guess, to make the part is more consistent than something that might have been hand laid, right? Correct. It's going to be, and it'll be reflected in the cost of the material and obviously the cost of a consumer who wants to use it. But it's also a, a reason why military uses it, aerospace industry uses it, and it's to go to. And that's why there's a lot of engineering specs that are also related to that. Why do you suppose, Dave, most people are buying carbon fiber bits for their, their cars and trucks? Is it for weight savings? I know on the race side, yes, of course, it's for weight savings. But, but, but when you have a 6,500-pound truck. There, there you go. You know, if you've got a Raptor, like, does it matter to the truck? Or I'm just curious what you find your customer base is in the truck market. Truck market, I would probably say it's – it, yeah, that, that's um, – there's a different audience. There's a guy who's just going to go out and have fun and tear things up. And there's a guy who might do a weekend trip. Then there's a guy who really doesn't do a whole lot of off-roading and some of those activities. So they may be more inclined to do uh, custom embellishments on the car. They may be just want to be different. And at the same time, they'll probably, you know, do tires and wheel suspension and then get some carbon fiber trim. And then for somebody else who wants to load up their vehicle, you know, there's there's some displacement on that. I mean, you, you could put uh, a hood on it and you could probably lose, you know, average maybe 10, 12 pounds on a hood. Uh, we don't offer anything for doors, for trucks. When you get into the muscle cars, I can take 100, 110 pounds out of a vehicle. Oh, wow. Challengers, Mustangs, uh, that's that's not that's not hard to do. The new Corvette is hard to take weight out of. I think I've only taken about 75 pounds out of a new Corvette. Getting back to your, your initial, though, we also offer some little variations for E-style fenders and flares. And then we do our own design, and then we enhance it so somebody can do a larger tire-wheel combination. You know, it gives them a little more options. But at the same time, you know, you're still being on the conservative side of 
not just going out and going 60 miles an hour to like king of the hammers because that's your your carbon fiber is gonna gonna take a real beating really fast yeah how durable is it in those types of environment where you are taking rockets and things like that we have some people that do that they don't care you know, they'll go out and go jump for <laughs> yeah I, I mean i mean it's that's mr holman you know at the end of the day it's what? discretionary income i mean you can go out and you know get fiberglass all day long and you know some guys just want to go out and be different and have fun with running around with the carbon fiber and also that you know the carbon fiber you can paint it and you can wrap it so it doesn't always have to be exposed carbon fiber but then so there's, a bit, I, there's like why though there. like that's but you're a moron if you buy carbon fiber and then paint it i realize it happens sometimes in the oes and they do it just for lightweighting but let's be honest if you're going to spend eighteen nineteen hundred dollars on a hood show that right. sucker off is what I'm saying. Really? Show, show that sucker, sucker off. Okay, yes. got it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got a TRX, you got a, you know, you got a Colorado uh-huh. ZR2, yeah. and, and you get the uh, the Anderson Composites uh, hood. Yeah. You're showing it off, aren't you? To the, that sucker, you mean? To the sucker. Yeah, I got it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, uh, for some of your fenders, your fender flares, are you, and shut that dog up. <laughs> no, that's his dog. That's well, not yours. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Don't yell at the guests. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah that's that's my guy. That's that's my guy. <laughs> so, are, are you having the oh, guys? Hold on, I, I I got you, Dave. Hey, shut that podcast host up over there. <laughs> All right, I got you. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll hit him with the newspaper later. Yeah, I, was, I was waiting for that. Maybe I should put you guys on speaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. then he'll just howl. <laughs> so, are you opening up the uh, the fenders and then putting yours on so you're actually gaining wheel clearance, or is this just more direct replacement, uh, direct and decorative? We start out with direct replacement for the the second gen Raptor. We did our own uh, design with the enhanced fender flare combo together, and it, I think it worked out really well. We did do I think we did get 37s on it, and we did do a, uh, a wider rear flare. I, I think it came out great. We a lot we got a lot of attention. We we had our uh, 2017 Raptor. That was a great truck. So you tie that in with our, our, our hood. It just looked awesome. And we worked with the RPG as far as bumpers, and it all came together really good. Man, I'm looking at this uh, 2021 Ram TRX Type OE carbon fiber air intake hood scoop. So that was my question, is the TRX hood is a marvel of engineering the way that Ram designed it, and you have a replacement hood. So are you keeping... The air paths and all that uh, intact with your replacement. Yes, seems to me all you have to do for your OETRX hood is just replace the three lights in the center scoop, and you can, I believe, I'm trying to remember, the emblems on the hood, the 6.2. Yeah, I think those pop right in on a replacement, because right we offer a full hood, but then we also offer separate the two side vents in the front scoop, so you could go with just those and then the, the fender vents and then the front grill, upper lower grill and the headlight and taillight surrounds. Well, that's, that's a good point because when you buy the TRX, you can optionally check the carbon fiber package on the inside, but none of that extends to the outside. So I could definitely see how somebody who likes the carbon fiber interior pieces might want that vibe to flow to the outside. And the fact that you make all those inserts in carbon fiber that are direct replacement, I think would be perfect for that guy who who wants the carbon fiber look inside and out. Now, what if I don't have carbon fiber because I didn't check that box, but I want it on the outside? Then Something. you can do that. I can too, do that too. Sure, yeah. Hmm, if I have some extra coin, uh-huh. discretionary income, as Dave calls it. Yes. How do we tell good carbon fiber from bad carbon fiber? Consistency of the weave 
you're going to be looking for uh, straight lines. You're going to be looking for uh, tightness. You're going to be looking for a nice, clear finish. And you're going to be looking for areas where the fabric would come together if it's matched up correctly versus an overlay or just an outright just miss. At those points, you'll just have resin. And if you start to look at it, up to a light you'll be able to see those those areas and there will not be any fabric there oh interesting are there any dead giveaways that i can uh, you know i'm i'm at uh, the swap meet or i'm at the orange county swap well, meet if you're at the orange county and, swap and, meet, you're probably not buying a two thousand dollar carbon fiber hood but you never know you every once in a while this you, is why oh, you end up with show. stuff from china <laughs> <laughs> well right. what you're going to be well, like I, the first thing i said though is you're going to be looking for a tight consistent weave especially across flatter areas. If it starts to get wavy, then then it wasn't laid up correctly. That's gonna be your first tell. The other thing that will be something to look for as far as quality is the size of the fabric. We use a 3K two by two twill, and there's many different kinds of variations for that fabric. It's Think of it as a um, thread count for like sheets fabric your your regular fabric for you know your bed you know towels things like that right. same kind of idea for the nomenclature standard for carbon fiber fabric uh, you may have heard of forge carbon fiber i call that the particle board of carbon fiber so basically <laughs> it's all this it's all this basically all the scraps of various sizes that are you know hit the floor somewhere and are scrapped and then they're basically laid up in the mold and a whole lot of resin is applied to basically hold it all together. That's why you have that marbleized effect to it because it's layered up and everything is random. It looks good, but it's also three times heavier than what it really should be or and you're needs saying to be. And the strength is probably piss poor as well, right? It's not very strong though because it's it's like particle board. It's, it's not going to have the strength in a linear or surface square surface area because it's not woven together it's just random let's talk about your new release your bronco doors that have windows in them please explain that all stemmed out from ford when they introduced their their prototype bronco what was that two two and a half years ago yeah a few years ago and then they came out with that and everybody, you know, the pandemic thing just kind of, it just stalled everything production wise. And that car just didn't get launched the way it, it should have just everything kind of fell apart around that. But when they introduced that image, we grabbed onto that idea and we basically just ran with it. And what we started out was just sourcing out OE parts, replacement parts. So for the two-door and four-door, I think we had one front door for the two-door and one rear door for the four-door to start. And we basically just took some ideas and just got the door and cut it up and made our own design out of it. And we decided instead of calling it a donut door, we call it a halo door. There you go. Have you seen it, Holman? And Have you seen the, the door? I saw the uh, original one on the Bronco, and I've seen their door. Good-looking door. And uh, Jeep so, played yeah, with that, too, with their half-door uh, prototypes, but then they never came to market that way. Two options with that. We we decided to go for a price point to make it sellable and accessible instead of having an all-carbon fiber 
door and every panel and which which way you want we decided to you know make it better accommodating for anybody who just wants to have a simple donut style door so we offer it in all fiberglass and we also offer it with, with fiberglass with the carbon fiber inset on the inner ring of the quote unquote donut so they're going from like uh, roughly a grand to about 1700 so the grand being the fiberglass with the uh, carbon fiber donut inside to all carbon fiber for 16 1700 bucks right not all carbon fiber just the carbon fiber on the inset of okay the, of the halo gotcha okay if you say all carbon fiber then someone's gonna call and ask where's the all carbon fiber? <laughs> got it sorry you assume somebody trust listens to this me. show this is just the three <laughs> of us having a conversation <laughs> yeah trust me we, we it know always people comes up that way <laughs> so yeah, and no, we're really excited about it and it's it's a simple job to, sw- to swap those doors out and again i mean You'll take out a, a hundred pounds, 120 pounds out of those doors because there's no glass, there's no mechanisms. The only thing that we have is a, a, a latch at the back that fits. It'll latch your OE uh, peg on the on the door, and you use your 13 millimeter uh, socket wrench that comes with the car. You drop two bolts, swap the hinges, you're done. It takes 20 minutes. Now, Holman, what was the issue that you had with the Bronco doors? They were kind of a pain in the ass to take on and off, right? Because was it the weight or the way that they no, it's, bolted it, together? No, the uh, the Jeep has exposed hinges, yeah. which make it really easy to take them on and off. The Bronco hinges are inside the quarter panel. So if you don't align them just perfectly because of the weight of the door. Oh, you bash pe- the fender. Well, people, no, you, people tend to lower the rear because that's where the weight is as they're trying to kind of rustle the door on the pins and you scratch the lower front uh, part of your door on the back of the front quarter panel. Oh, and I see. so yeah. it's like I always tell people put blue painter's tape if you're going to take your Bronco doors on and off because uh, it, it's not easy the first time. It, it takes a few tries to get it just right on how to locate those pins and drop them in because they're again they're inside the uh, quarter panel. They're not exposed like they are on a Jeep. So what does that door weigh? Stock? Any any clue? Uh, it's, Couple... Yeah, it's probably like sixty five or seventy pounds, something like that. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. And yeah, so right on. what else? What else are you working on? What can we be looking for on the on the truck front? For the Bronco or for other trucks? Anything. Anything yeah. Bronco. We're working on some hoods. We're working on our own version of fenders and flares. We're going to be working on another idea for a door. Uh, that's all I'll say about that for right now. Oh. And we will also be introducing a hardtop for both the two and four door. Now, get this is going to be available in fiberglass and carbon fiber. Probably before the factory has them <laughs> sorted out. Yeah. A lot of people waiting for, for hardtops right now. You're, 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 you're exactly. <laughs> the hardtop, this hardtop project has been going on for a while and it's been it's been interesting and and again a lot of hurdles so we plan to do do it right to make it more of a plug and play yeah for the people who have issues with the hard top the damage them or something but it's also geared towards people who have a soft top well you, yeah as you say you really have three customer bases on there and you should look at the uh the wrangler market as well because uh i don't believe there is a uh Stock-like aftermarket hardtop yet in that market um, for the Jeep guys, but mm. essentially your three markets are soft top guy wants to put on hardtop, hardtop guy rolled or flopped his vehicle and needs to replace. So can his I ask hardtop. a dumb question about your first scenario? Do does does Ford not sell a hardtop for the soft top guys? Well, it's expensive. It's it, but a lot of soft top guys will buy it 
So you can do like a dual top group, like on Jeep or Bronco, you get a soft top and the hardware and a hard top at the same time. But if you don't do that and you got soft top only, or if you're in the secondary market, let's say you bought a used one that was soft top only, it's super freaking expensive, like seven or eight thousand oh. dollars uh, to buy a new hard top, you know, from your dealer if you don't have like a good guy deal with your parts department guy, right? So the aftermarket can come in and still have a four or five thousand dollar hard top and undercut what the OE one is. Um, but yeah, so basically you got the replacement guy, you got the fix it guy. And then you've got the uh, somebody who wants just something different. You know, those hard tops, I think aftermarket manufacturers, if they made them a little bit thicker, uh, the problem is is the for weight savings and stuff, the new Broncos, especially the JLs, the hard tops are real thin. And so uh, you can get a little reverberation in there while you're driving. Uh, and it can sound like a drum sometimes, and so a thicker material. Really, it'll just yeah, depending on the vehicle and what you have on the rack and how air flowing. I mean, there's all all sorts of stuff uh, to think about, but there, it's always good to have an aftermarket option on hardtops for for those vehicles. For so, sure. so Dave, with a hardtop for something like that, are you going to do like a dual wall with a with some kind of honeycomb inside, or will it just? I can't imagine it's just one layer of carbon fiber, right? You're you're absolutely on the right track of how we should do something correctly from the beginning <laughs> yeah. we we spent we spent some time with measuring sound inside the stock bronco drive it around at certain speeds to get a number you know decibel number of all the noise inside the car that way we can measure it when we do ours we are going to be doing a multi-layer with a honeycomb in between we're awesome. going to be adding uh, hood liner insulation as well glass and the wiper and the motor so it's all ready to go and we've that's the way to do it for sure you know oe style hardware you know to replace those things but you you said it it's going to be i'm not even sure what the retail prices of a replacement hardtop you're probably you're probably right about nine to ten grand plus we haven't even talked about shipping shipping right now things massive yeah it is it is horrendous and it's one of the one of the larger complaints that we get because everything we do is, you know, it's body parts, it's big, it's doesn't weigh anything, but it's still expensive to move around. Yeah. You pay dimensional weight, right? I mean, you're paying for the physical size of the damn box. And there's also different classes of shipping, whether you ship, you know, things that are made out of China versus something that, you know, from Magnaflow, that's nothing but, you know, exhaust parts. It's, it's a different rating. So they charge you accordingly. It's uh, it's interesting, but at the same time, it's it's also it's just expensive to ship anything right now, and, and it takes longer. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you have to worry about insurance, and then you got to go freight, and you got to figure oh, out how to get res- residential deliveries. I mean, it just yeah. cascades yeah. down from there. So it's it's not yeah. an easy product to to do that with. But yeah, I think there's absolutely a market uh, for both Bronco and Jeep for aftermarket hardtops, especially. You know the the, uh, the Bronco hardtop already is a I think it's a uh, two sided whereas the Jeep hardtop is just a single wall, and so I think there's people who would who would pay the money to have a thicker Jeep hardtop, but if you saved weight by doing a carbon fiber that they could paint. Now lightning, this would be the exact thing we talked about in the beginning where you said who would buy carbon fiber and paint it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Jeep guys who would like lighter weight and lower center of gravity and a better hardtop who would buy a carbon fiber hardtop and then paint it because they don't necessarily want it to be flashy on the trail, but they want it because it ups their payload and things like that, right? Because you're 
Okay. You know. Then you have an answer. So there you go. I had a question. You had an answer. Hey, I I have a question. <laughs> uh, maybe Dave has an answer. Why no Ford F one fifty hood or bits? I obviously Raptor. Is it because the Ford F one fifty guy doesn't have the cash? Or like, what's the insinuation here that there's no Ford F one fifty? It's it's modified, and I've seen plenty of fake carbon fiber hoods out there because they're just wrapped. So there is a demand for a carbon fiber look at the very least. True. We get that question a lot when we have vehicles out in advance. <clears throat> they'll ask us, is that, is that a wrap? Especially if something, our dry carbon fiber uh, roof panels, they're usually a matte finish and people think it's, it's a wrap. We do get a lot of questions about the regular F-series trucks. We don't offer anything for those. Yet, right? Yet. Again, <laughs> I know. Someday I hope I – someday, I, you know, I, I, don't, I never want to say no. But at the same time, we're, it's just – it takes a long time to get these things going because it, it is made by hand, and we, we spend a lot of time trying to get it right. But it, the F-Series stuff, I get a lot of questions. I get a lot of questions about early-gen Mustangs, Novas, Camaros. Everybody wants Cal hoods. They want OE hood, but it's tough. And then – Looking back for something that's 50, it's already not right. So it's 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 hard to work with, and it's even harder to, to try to tell that guy who's never worked on a car before that your car, even your new car, go walk around and look at the body lines on it. it they're all off. It's not great. <laughs> You, again, you chose not to beat you up on this, but you chose a Ford F, uh, a Raptor, but you didn't choose the the F one hundred and fifty. I think it's just maybe it's again it's a different different price point, different buyer is is the short answer. Pretty much, okay. um, I'll, I would probably go with that. We try to go with something that's a little, I guess you could say, a little more different as far as that, rather than just truck in general. That's that's kind of my take on it. All right, so if uh, you guys are interested in checking out Anderson Composites, it's a doozy. It's AndersonComposites.com. Not really a doozy. It's super easy. AndersonComposites.com. You'd be uh, surprised. You better, It's a long address, man. Yeah, but all you got to do is Google it, and you can spell it wrong on purpose, and Google will still correct you and offer you up the right AndersonComposites.com. So you'll find it. I did. I, I screwed up, and I got it. So it works. <laughs> <laughs> you passed the lightning litmus test. Uh, uh, congratulations. Yep. That's exactly what happened. All right. Well, uh, congratulations on the success, and uh, it sounds like it's a cool place to be, and you guys are making some really – some really neat uh, parts. So if you've got, uh, looks like you've got Ram, you've got Ford. Obviously, you got the muscle cars all covered. But for our truck guys, you're you're you got a growing um, expose on uh, on 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 trucks. We also have Jeep stuff, so I don't want I want to give them a little love what? too. We have we do. Oh yeah, shoot! I didn't. There it is JTJL. Wait, what? Yeah. I'm, I'm doing the drop down menu right now. Hold on, just a second, <laughs> cowboy. I see a yeah, hood right speed. there. For for a freaking Rubicon, for Holman's yeah. Rubicon, only fifteen hundred bones right there. Uh, sign me up. Are we gonna sign you up? Sign me up. Do we got a good? Would you really do it? Uh, well, you'd have to know if it was uh, if it would work with a snorkel because I got a hole in my head. Uh, does it work with a snorkel? So Could we make have, it work it would, with a snorkel? It'd have to be modified. Is the well, you guys have a Dremel tool, I'm sure. Yep. Yep. There. I, 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 there you go. Now, would you be the guy that painted it? Uh yeah I don't I yeah I like I like my uh, but your sting gray but your sting gray with carbon fiber would look really cool it might 
Yeah. Or or I just want lighter weight for more payload, and I would paint it, and nobody would know, and it'd be my own little secret attaboy to myself. The world doesn't always need to know. No, I, I, yeah, well, for me, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're going to be chasing Dave for the uh, T-Rex head. All right. And there we have it. All right. Well, thank you for carving out some time with us. We appreciate it. And uh, you guys, again, AndersonComposites.com to go uh, drool all over some beautiful carbon fiber bits. Thanks, Dave. We appreciate your yep. time. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Sean. All right. We'll talk to awesome. you soon. Talk to you soon. All right. Fruit Pants, you up for some uh, email? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> All right, who's going first? Normally I go first. You want to go first this time? I go first. So you're saying you're going to sing and then I should I should read an email? All right, I, I'm just going to go for it since you're just making uh, silly noises. Banks versus Borla versus Corsa from uh, Mark Manti. Oh, are you reading emails now, sir? I mean, I was trying. I was failing. Try it again. Try again. Uh, Isn't that funny? When somebody yells, try again in the middle of the... No, you go, just go ahead. Seriously. I knew you knew it, but I still had to do it. Lightning. Oh, my gosh. This is <laughs> so funny. I was watching you laugh. <laughs> no. No, what's funny is, is when you take a breath. That moment before? Yeah, then you just... Well, that's like before the guy goes to punch you and he pulls back and then he you're like, I saw you pull your arm back and then before you, you punch me. But then you laugh at him, so like it throws him off. And then you punch him right in the throat. Right, right in the gibbler. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Lightning hey, and, and then man. you do the... Uh, Thanks for hey, me. Hey, lightning. Oh, my God. This is annoying to our listeners. No, they love it. They don't. They love As, it. I mean, it, so this it. is coming full circle where if you do it enough, it's funny again? Yeah, yeah. That's what he said. Oh, I see. Lightning and Holman... Go ahead, Lightning. I don't know what, what the hesitation's for. <laughs> Thanks for many great episodes of the truck of truck content. I really appreciate the guests that represent brands that might not be so well known. Because of the truck show, I've made several purchases from vendors such as Headlight Revolution and the Seat Shop. Well, that's cool. All right. I expect a commission from those shops, hopefully. Or thank you. I want to install a catback exhaust system on my father-in-law's GMT 800 Silverado, and I was wondering if you guys could provide some guidance. Since Borla has been the topic of a few shows and maybe a sponsor, I was thinking of trying a uh, their kit, part number 140014. At the same time, Banks makes kit part number with another one that looks very similar and is a couple hundred dollars less in cost and is also made of 304 stainless. A while back, I installed a Corsa Touring exhaust on my Sierra Denali, and it looks very similar to the Boiler and the Banks parts. Being insiders, could you guys respond to the possibility that all of these kits are made by the same company, meaning one would provide more benefit than the other? Uh, thanks in advance for any help you can provide on choosing an exhaust kit and for all the great truck content. Five stars, he says. Uh, best regards, Mark. P.S. I listened to the Great Plate Debate, and I don't know why... But I guess I thought it was going to be like an April Fool's episode from a few years back, but <laughs> it just kept going. That seems about right. Uh, I can confirm that all three of those uh, exhausts are made by quality manufacturers, and they are not all made by the same people. No, they, they, are, they are not. They And as far as I know, they're all made in the U.S. Yeah, and Course is a great brand, but so is Banks and so is Borla. Two of those three have supported our show, and I would say uh, if you had to choose, go to uh, – Look a little closer at two of the three, 
and uh, go from there. Go according <laughs> to your budget. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that, that's a good way. Say yes. All right, got one here from uh, Andrew. Uh, he says blackout plates in Mississippi. Uh, move to Mississippi and get your legal blackout plate. He sends mm-hmm. a link. They didn't already have an antique truck tag on my 73 F100. I definitely go for this option. And he sends a news clipping here from uh, WLBT Channel 3 that says, uh, starting on Friday, the long-anticipated blackout tags will finally be made available to residents of Mississippi. I am moving to Mississippi. Cannot wait. Uh, the tags differ from the standard I'm Mississippi I'm still going to do the show, by the way. It's just going to be remote. fact that they... Uh, Bear a blacked-out background with white lettering. They are only available as a vanity plate. The cost will depend on the type of vehicle, but a portion of the fees will go on to help families of law enforcement and firefighters who died in the line of duty, which sounds like a great way to use the extra tax dollars. Uh, it says, according to officials, this option has been long awaited. And in parentheses, it says, by lightning in California. <laughs> I would gladly contribute to any of those funds and uh, hand over my cash for a black plate with white lettering. You should uh, hand over your cash anyway just to support them. I, I, I might do that. Looks like this one is from Emmanuel. Hello, Lightning and Holman. I just listened to episode 231, and I want to say that I'm very interested in the new Colorado. I am personally a Colorado owner. I have had my eyes peeled on anything and everything on the new Colorado. Would really like you guys to do some more talking about this truck. Also, have you guys ever thought about doing a video version of the podcast? Sometimes I find myself being more engaged on the video version of a podcast when I see and hear it. Uh, anyway, really enjoyed the podcast. Five stars. And Mike Finnegan, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I would say on the video podcast, yes, we've considered it. No, we're not going to do it. And that's uh, the simple reason that uh, if you saw the amount of hours and editing that went into the show, we could never make the video podcast just like the audio one. And uh, we both work massive uh, amounts of hours at our day jobs. And we do everything we can just to try and put together uh, audio. And I can't imagine the amount of work to do a video right, right I now. I think the reality is that Holman and I are not professionals. No, we're not, that's we're not, not true. We're not professional broadcasters. We are now. <laughs> four, four years we both got paid. I, I guess we are. Oh, oh let, me, let, me, let me state that again. We're not good. Okay. We are professionals. We're just not good. We're not good enough. Not good enough, right. For video. We have uh, our suckage meter is, uh, it's, it's a little high. Lower the suckage! We, we can't lower the suckage. It's maxed. So anyway, he wants more chatter about the Colorado. Well, last episode, we had some in the news. There's uh, more to come, so uh, stay tuned. All right, got this one here from uh, Deals1, uh, and he doesn't have a real name attached to this, but he says, Lightning, your black and white California plates will be cool, but you'll never be as cool as a DeLorean with a reflective barcode license plate, and he Shows the back of the Back to the Future DeLorean with the cool uh, license plate there. He says, That's oh, true. Five stars. Five star review. Five stars. And this one is from Zach Morehouse from the recent podcast. I'd like to see if I can get a brand new truck show podcast sticker. I purchased my Nissan Titan XD after nice. listening to some of your reviews and then convinced my neighbor to get the new Frontier. Hey, good work. You because of your reviews as well. Keep up the great content. Thank you for all you do and uh, continue to make those podcasts and keeping them enjoyable. And that is from uh, Zach Morehouse. We'll do our best. Uh, no promises, though. I uh, got one here from uh, Jason Gaynor. Says, uh, guys. I love the show. Keep it up. I look forward to it every Monday. Keegan's episode this week absolutely redeemed you for all the hour that I will not get back after listening about license plates. I seriously <laughs> thought the show would run its course, but all you discussed was California pompousness license plates for a whole hour. Keegan was very interesting, so there's that. 
Lighting, thank you for the hookup on the Pedal Monster. I already had the Banks Ram Air on my 2019 L5P. You're welcome. The Ram Air definitely improved the truck and added about one mile per gallon. Oh, damn. That did not last. Well, hold on, Lightning. Hold on. Okay. That did not last long once I got the Pedal Monster and the truck woke up. <laughs> yeah, because they, uh, they equal each other out. No, they cancel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they kind of cancel each other out. He says, uh, in fact, it is the only woke thing I like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, MPG hasn't really changed, but I really enjoy the skinny pedal when I get to drive the truck. I daily my mini to save on fuel. The pedal monster is worth Sounds every Sounds like pe- me. There you go. Says the uh, pedal monster is well worth every penny, and he'd highly recommend it to anyone. So thanks again. Keep up the great work and great content minus license plates, and that's from Jason Gaynor. So, uh, Jason, we appreciate most of your email. I think that there is more license plate content to come. Uh, we'll warn you so you can skip ahead. <laughs> hey, that's what the uh, skip ahead button's for. Oh, did you see that? You've been trying to hit the trash can from across there with Reese's show, Peanut Butter Cup. Yeah. All show. You haven't made one. I just tossed over my shoulder blindly. Boom. Made it. Yeah, but last show I made one. Uh, just a slam yeah, dunk. Yeah, but this is this is the show. Oh. Sorry. Oh, so we reset every show? Yeah. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, what do you say we uh, roll into some uh, five-star hotline calls? Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the five-star hotline. 657-205-6105. It's the five-star What's up, Lightning Holman? It's Colby here again, uh, Mr. Embargo. I was just going to say this, uh, this last weekend, me and my wife went up to Grand Teton and Yellowstone. We were actually in the park the night before it got closed down. So if you haven't seen the videos of like all of the roads getting washed out, just go look it up. It's pretty intense. I was going to call you guys before that happened because that area is a freaking hot spot for awesome trucks uh, if you guys haven't been to yellowstone recently or grand teton you both should plan a trip for the truck show because there is some crazy trucks up there um i saw an earth well m- multiple earth roamers in the park there was a an aev bison there was another truck that had aev stickers on it that i'm not sure what uh, model it was, but it was definitely, you know, big, huge tires done by AEV uh, on it. That would be a Prospector XL. Oh, that's my favorite one of all of them. XL uh, actually does not stand for extra large on that truck, although it is. It stands for uh, the Roman numerals for 40, as in 40-inch 40 tires, tires from the factory with warranty. There was multiple TRXs, Raptors coming out your wazoo, tons of lifted Jeeps. I mean, it was just like... I wish I would have been able to take picture after picture after picture, but they were mostly just passing me on the road. Apparently, it's a hot spot for cool and very, very expensive trucks and cars. There were some Hellcats, and there was one Lamborghini rolling around Yellowstone. Anyway, just thought I'd uh, catch up with you guys a little bit. It's been a minute since I called in, but have a good one, guys. Keep up the good work. 657-205-6105 is the five-star hotline. Thank you, Mr. Embargo. Sherlock Holman. And for Lightning, this is Rich and Hollister calling again. <laughs> I saw that the uh, paying and slaying and ass steak are both playing at the Troob this weekend. We should go see that show. And uh, Lightning on the um, five-star hotline, it says this is our brand-new five-star hotline. I'm quite sure you guys have been satisfying my ear holes for the last five years or so. So maybe it's not so brand new anymore, or maybe just brand new to the people who've never called. So have a good one. 
So what he's saying is we recorded the message for the Five Star Hotline five years ago and then never returned to re-record it. Um, well, he's got a good point, though. We, we should we, probably It is brand new that. to those who have never dialed right, it. Right, but we should maybe think about updating that message. Because maybe we have people call us and then they don't leave a message because they're like, oh my gosh, this is the hot new one. I wanted the old one. No. No? That doesn't happen. Oh. Nope. Hey, guys. This is Officer Chris. I'm not an officer in California, so I can't specifically speak to that, but I am out here in Virginia and reading that code on the license plate, for sure. Oh, man, we need some friends in Virginia. Those cops are tough. They are? Oh, dude, yeah. Are they known for being oh, yeah. tough? Really? Oh, yeah. Just uh, especially the, the, the highway patrol and stuff through there, state police. Dude, we need some friends. Officer Chris, if we go to Virginia, we're going to Light, Lightning know. and Holman. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll wear shirts that say Lightning and Holman. It says that on our uh, driver's licenses. Yeah, Lightning. Well, mine does. Well. <laughs> And shall not display upon a vehicle a license plate that has been altered from its original marking. That's pretty clear. Uh, any original markings are anything that has to do with the license plate itself. So you can't change anything on the plate, including color. Uh, sorry, Lightning. Bye, guys. So now you have a confirmation from three officers within California and one outside. Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> of course it doesn't. <laughs> I'm going to do Lightning. Six five seven two zero five. Whoa, 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 whoa! We're done. Yeah, we're done. What? what? I, I wasn't ready to go home yet. I am. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. It is the five star hotline. The truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Whoa, whoa. I didn't get everything out. That's what she said. <laughs> I got nothing now. All right. All right. Well, now that lightning's ruined the mood once again, uh, and uh, end of the show on are a you low note. Out, uh, am I the uh, the enemy of fun, the fun killer? You are the fun sponge on the Truck Show podcast. Mm. Telling you guys knew the things that don't make it into the show. <laughs> hey, uh, if you want to follow us on the uh, socials at LBC Lighting and at Sean P Holman, or you can follow us on uh, at Truck Show Podcast. And of course, you can email us Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com we want to hear from you we love uh, interacting with our listeners and uh, Lightning is going to go uh, drive this fancy new truck and I'm going to go contemplate some things that I've been contemplating well uh, earlier in the show you had asked uh, people to write in and call in about the mods they think I should do or not do yeah I'm curious oh (gasps) no hold on even better even better hold on yes yeah not just the mods yes you know the Simpsons that had the Homer car what would Lightning's Homer TRX look like like send us, send us that email. Like you imagine what in in one year from now? No, six months from now, what will Lightning's TRX actually be? I'm not gonna do that to it. It would be awesome. I'm just not gonna do that to it. So it's a waste of their energy. But funny. Okay. All right. Uh, would you forget this time? Uh, again? No. So your notepad right there. Yeah. Those are the potential license plates we talked about before I even got the truck. And these are the things that we think would be funny on my license plate, but... But you won't do it. Well, I have concern that I will... Okay, these are license plates I came up with. Well, no, hold on a second. We came up together. We okay. came up with together. Yeah. 58% of them I came up and you went, all right, that's good. <sighs> Whatever. Okay, the listen. Pro- the, the, listen, that's not the point. The point is that there's amazing ones that haven't been taken here in California, and you're afraid of all of them. I Let me explain why I'm afraid of them. As you guys know... We live in a, uh, in, a, in a, well, somewhat liberal state, and uh, we got some tree huggers here that don't like large vehicles that may not get a good fuel economy, and they like to uh, hate on those said vehicles. And, and, and so I think it's funny to make fun of those people. Listen, stop. But stop they rambling. Don't, they stop don't... rambling. Listen, here's the deal. Lightning wants to have his big old TRX that takes up like eight parking spaces in his pompousness. 
so that Matt Farah can yell at him. And he wants to drive over to Matt Farah's podcast studio with the license plate that is Forever Gas, which is funny, <laughs> uh, or Love OPEC, which yeah, is one of my favorites. That's a great one. I like that one a lot. That's and, a great one. And, and I think it's obscure enough that majority of people won't get it. I think a lot of people get it. I don't think so. Uh, my other favorite is R.I.P. Air. <laughs> that's my, which that's is, a great one. Which is funny. Uh, or uh, Makes CO2. That's a great <laughs> that's one. so great. Uh, and also- See, lo- because it's a supercharged V8 that gets 10 to 12 miles per gallon. I also love uh, this one, uh, Love Smog. That's my favorite. That's the one that'll get you keyed. See, that, and that's the reason I don't that want to some, do this stuff. Some lady whose kid has asthma is going to take a screwdriver to everything. Oh that was pretty. Can bad. you imagine that? Love smog is come great. on. That's solid. It is solid. That's a great plate. I, I have the best new plate ever, but I, we can't do it yet. Well, but so. you already secured it. No, I have it. Oh, you're saying because no, when you because say I, it, it's it'll un- give away it what you're doing. Happening, and it's not a hundred percent yet. We're at <sighs> we're at ninety five percent with like one more big hurdle. So this is going to require you guys to do some work. But if you if you've got time, you know, you're sitting at a truck stop and you're bored. You got Wi-Fi or and something. And there's no lot lizards. And there's no lot lizards. <laughs> Go on California DMV website and uh, and 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 come up with something. Make goofy. more plates for you. Make more plates for no, lightning. No, you can't do it. Not oh, you're right. right now. You got to put in a, a, a existing VIN. Yeah, that's right. And plate off a California. Car. That sucks. You used to be able yeah, to just look at. Used to dream up wacky plates, and awesome. now you have to say nah. what plate you're swapping. What vehicle it goes on. Yeah, that's lame. It is lame. All right, uh, listen. Love smog. Not- Dude, L U V S M O G, love smog. L- listen, uh, that's great, but if you want a <laughs> uh, a pickup truck that gets more than ten miles per gallon, yeah, uh, then you might want to head on down to your Nissan dealer because all of their trucks get more than ten miles per gallon. You get Smart. the Nissan Titan, the Titan XD, industry's best five year, hundred thousand mile warranty, or the hot selling Nissan Frontier. Any of those great choices, dependable, reliable, and they make good power. They do. They make good best power, and they don't, power, and they don't pollute. Best in class on the Frontier. Over 400 on the uh, Titan. Come on. That's awesome. And they're torque monsters. They're, and they sound great. <sighs> maybe you made a mistake. <laughs> I think maybe I did. Yeah, well, you know, what can you do? Uh, I know what you can do. You head on down to your local Nissan dealer and uh, trade that lop in that you got and pick yourself up a Titan. And you can uh, also build and price one on uh, NissanUSA.com. Or if you're sticking with that gross polluter and you, you're, you're curious what you're emitting, you need a Banks Idash to monitor. Wait, hold on, it. hold on. No, no, no. <laughs> that that's not the right lead in for banks. Well, no, the right what is the first banks thing you're gonna put on your own truck? My thing? Yeah. What's an the I, first thing you're gonna put And and how do you do a pedal monster? Well, you just said the first. The All right, first well now I want to know the second. The the second thing is a pedal monster. And the third? The third thing, well, for mine, that's all we make. No. For okay. a TRX. I was trying to go for the trifecta. No, I, no hat trick for lightning. No. All right, but if you it want paint, that, it's crazy. It, it pains me because I got to go to. I'm going to Borla. Well, here, listen. I feel like a turncoat, but they no, make the make no, Borla supports us. I know listen, they do. Here, this is awesome. I got, I got it. Yeah. If you want to do a hat trick on your own truck, there's a chance that you might own an application that has more than three products. Well, if they own a Duramax, they own a Ram with a Cummins, or they own a Jeep or a Ram with an Eco Diesel, or you got a Ford with a Power Stroke, then you got you got a lot of choices. All right, BanksPower.com. Put your year make model in the drop down uh, menu, and you can find out all the parts they have for your truck. Speaking of entering things on a website, if you enter Truck Show at checkout on OnyxMaps.com, you can save big. That's right. You can go to OnyxMaps.com, or you can go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the Onyx Off-Road app for your Google or Apple device. And uh, it's my favorite way to go off-road because it has featured trails. It shows you where all the public and private land is. You can customize it. You can share with friends. You can save maps for offline use. It'll sync with CarPlay and Android Auto on your new Nissan Titan uh, or any vehicle equipped with uh, either of those systems. 
And if you make a change on one of your devices, it works across all of your devices. So everything is uh, nicely stored in the cloud and in your account. Go to onyxmaps.com and check it out if you uh, love trails and off-roading and getting lost. This will get you found. The only thing I am finding on this show is a reason to find another show. You suck. Come on, that was unnecessary, especially the last part. No, it was it was unnecessary. Oh, maybe it was the show that was unnecessary. You and I are unnecessary. Yep, true words have never been uttered on a podcast. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. All right, you guys. Love you, mean it. Bye.